Awesome morning today. Hey, if you uh, if you didn't know and you live in Fayetteville, uh, the Fayetteville Bulldog football team. I see one arm too. The Fayetteville Bulldog football team won the state championship for the second year in a row. Yes. I didn't really expect many of those people that made the trip to be here, but uh, we actually had some that actually made it back for the first hour. So uh, we're just awesome. Uh, that's just, I'm, one, I can't believe it because it's like two years in a row. That's a big deal. And then Coach Lunny is kind of legendary. And so for that to happen uh, two years in a row is just an amazing feat. So congratulations to all those associated with that. And I can't, I, here's kind of the cool thing for, for me is that, um, I mean, we have people that obviously are connected to Fayetteville High School, whether a kid or a coach or a principal or administration, whatever, teacher. But this fall, state championship in volleyball, state championship in football. So they're trying to raise the level for our athletics at the uh, university. Okay, you are with me today. All right, here we go. So when I was a kid, uh, Christmas was coming up, and there was something that I really, 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 really wanted. And so this morning, if you kind of look at your notes, you see what is Christmas all about. And we're starting a series for the next several Sundays uh, that is God is Near. So if you got your notes, uh, be ready to follow along with me. I'll give you some, uh, some, some fill in the blanks and the scripture will, will be up on the screen. If you don't have your Bible with you, follow along. Uh, I use the New Living Translation. So if it looks a little different, sorry about that. That's where we are kind of rolling. And so I was a little kid and <clears throat> my dad talked to my mom about some prayers that he had heard me saying because every night my dad, uh, when he was there, would come in and we would do our prayers together. And he asked my mom, Marthy, have you heard what Jonathan has been wanting for Christmas? And she said, no idea. We hadn't gone to the mall yet to see Santa Claus. What's he saying? And so in my prayers, because my dad and mom taught me to be very specific about how I pray, I was praying for an orange bicycle with a handbrake and a banana seat. Okay? Very specific about what I wanted. And so dad, that kind of was, you know, inquiring about this and talking to mom. Mom hadn't said anything about it. And you know how those two need to help Santa. And so the next night, dad asked me, he said, hey, I heard you pray tonight and you asked for the orange bike with a handbrake and a banana seat and just wanted to know, why aren't you going to talk to Santa about that? And I said, well, dad, I've been to most of the bike shops around here and there has not been any orange bikes with a handbrake and a banana seat. So I'm thinking that Santa is really not going to come through. I'm just going right to the big guy and asking him about what I need, right? By the way, guess what I got that Christmas? Yes, I got an orange bike with a handbrake and a banana seat. Thank you very much. And you say, well, what does that have to do with this morning's message? Well, I think it has to do with a couple of things. One is that we usually want to believe in something and we want to believe in something that can produce what we desire as an end result. We wanna believe that we're going to get a new head coach at the University of Arkansas that's going to propel us into a national championship. And what will make that happen? Well, we'll have to see what will make that happen, but that's what we want to believe. 
Then we have what we call our realistic expectations, and then there's our real expectations, and then there's, there's what we dream and what we desire of. And so this morning, I want to look at what the scripture says to us about what is Christmas all about. Because most of the time, what it is about for me as I was growing up is what I want and what I get. Hello? Y'all know what I'm saying? What I want and then what did I get? And then, of course, along the way, parents were trying to teach you the right kind of things. And so it's like, here's what we, here's how we kind of give back to others and do those kind of things. But the bottom line for me, I think because I was probably the last in my family, the baby of the family, uh, all those kind of things, it was uh, pretty self-centered and about me. What I want and what did I get? When we look at what Christmas is all about, we have brought ourselves to a place, particularly here in America, where we do have it pretty good. And if we had the sense of what others were going through in other places in the world, we would definitely say we have it really good. But you can even go look around and you'll hear some of the opportunities that our church has to be involved in the community at the end of the service through the announcements. There's many ways that we can be involved. But right here in this community, there are needs that people have. What is Christmas all about? If you'll turn your Bibles, uh, I'm going to be in Isaiah, or you can look up on the screen. It'll be with me up there as well. I'm going to start in verse 10. I know that says verse, verse 14, but I want you to hear the kind of context behind it and what's going on. So verse 10 says this out of Isaiah 7. Later, the Lord sent this message to King Ahaz. Ask the Lord your God for a sign or confirmation, Ahaz. Make it as difficult as you want, as high as heaven or as deep as the place of the dead. But the king refused, no, he said, I will not test the Lord like that. Then Isaiah said, listen, listen well, you royal family of David. Isn't it enough to exhaust your human patience? Must you exhaust the patience of my God as well? All right, then the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The first part there in your fill in the blank is the prophecy. Emmanuel meaning God with us. How many times have you ever tried to make a deal with God? Hey, Lord, if you're real, right now will you let a shooting star come across the sky? Lord, if you're, real, if you're gonna be real today, uh, Lord, really need help on passing this test. Lord, if you're real, somehow we'll come back and win this game. Now, I, I know those are a little bit trivial. But think about how many times that you've tried and desired to kind of put God to a test of some sorts. Lord, if you are real, this is what the result is that I want to happen. And it, by the way, if you're real, I'll believe. Don't raise your hands. If you're real and you do this, shooting star, something with the family, something with the finances, something in your life, if you're real, this will happen, and then I'll believe, and I'll be yours forever. And yet we forget, don't we? And we move on. And we just go on with our stuff. And these guys were saying, show us a sign. And Isaiah says, it's amazing to look at. All right, then. 
The Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The, the way that I used to hear it described by old timers was this. The proof will be in the pudding. Okay, you want a sign? I'm going to give you a sign. Here's what it takes to have a child. Okay, and all of us of age in here understands that. Here's what it takes to have a child. This is not going to happen. She's going to be conceived and there's no relationship that's going to happen. So that there can be pureness and holiness. So that when that person, Emmanuel, Jesus, dies for my sin and for your sin and for the sin of mankind, that there will be a lamb that was slain, his blood shed, Jesus, for all of our sin because he was perfect, that you and I might have a relationship again with God our Father. And so we have Emmanuel, Jesus. That means God with us. And that was the prophecy. Now look at what I call the first coming. This is in Matthew 1. It's in Matthew 1, 18. It'll be familiar to most of us. 18 through 23, and this is how it goes. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant. Hence the prophecy, Right? Hence, kind of a big deal. How did she become pregnant to Joseph? But before the marriage took place, while she was a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't get all weird about that and say, okay, the Holy Spirit made her pregnant. That's not what this is saying. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, she became pregnant. Joseph, her fiance, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Okay, get the picture. First of all, I want you to think of Mary. Hello, all of a sudden I'm pregnant. I thought there were certain things that were supposed to happen for that to take place. Okay? Mary's probably a little freaked out. Joseph, this is my sweetie over here. Something's going on and I ain't getting it, but I love her so much I'm going to kind of just try to ease on out of this quietly. Right? A lot of awkwardness, a lot of weirdness. And then you and I, as followers of Christ today, say, see, that's one of those things in the Bible. How do you get around that? You don't. You don't because here's the deal. This is God who created us. And this is the way that he decided that it would happen and transpire. And as a result of that, it's all about God and it's all about his son, Jesus, and what they can do for you and I. It's not about how we can understand it. It's not about how we can put our dots together. It's about, and this is, by the way, what the basis of our whole religion and our understanding of Christ is, this is by faith. Well, I would like it better if I could feel, touch, see, hear God, like for real. Like if he had a star shoot across the sky. Well, okay, but if, if Jesus were just here, if I could just know him here, that would help me. By the way, he was here, right, for 33 years. 
And when he was doing his greatest miracles here on earth, even some within his own circle, the disciples still doubted him, right? Right? Doubting Thomas. I don't know if it's you. Okay, here, come on. Here's, here's, here's the nail holes in my hand from being hung on the cross. Oh, Jesus, I really do love you. How about, here's the disciples, the ones that are closest to him, and they don't even recognize him when he's walking on the water. Hey, there's a ghost, something crazy's going on. And then finally, oh, that's Jesus. So when we think of our Christianity and how we trust God, there's some supernatural stuff that goes on. going like, okay, look, just punch the holy card. Tell us what Christmas is about. Let's go home, do our thing. Don't get weird. Here's the deal, you guys. It's weird. It's weird to know the story of Jesus because he was born of a virgin. Joseph stayed with his wife. And there's a whole story and, and, and a whole family line that happened through Joseph and Mary and what we call the Christmas story. And so we see in verse 20, he says this, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Okay, first of all, all of us right now, when we have an angel of the Lord appear to us in our dreams, we want to wake up. <laughs> What's going on? This is crazy. And here's what happened. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. For he, listen to this, for he will save his people from their sins. Verse 22, all of this occurred to fulfill, listen, what was the first thing I said? The prophecy. All of this occurred to fulfill the, the Lord's message through his prophet. That was Isaiah. Look. The virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now look at this next part, 24. When Joseph woke up, he considered. Is that what it says? He thought about. What does it say? I have to put my glasses on to see it. There it is. When he woke up, he what? Is it there? That's not there. He did. Sorry. It says he did. It says that when he woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. Angel appeared. I wake up. I'm doing what God told me to do. Hey, if that happened to any of us today, we need to get a posse together of our friends. Hey, listen, I need to run something by you. I need to talk about this, I need to discuss this, I need to see if y'all think I'm crazy. Can I have some input? Let's do a little collaboration, right? Joseph did what God commanded him to do. Just as the angel appeared and said, this is what you need to do, it says that he did as the angel said. He did what was commanded, and that was the first coming first coming of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Now look how what happens here in John. This is out of John 14, 23 through 27. I love this. John 
14, 23 through 27, Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love them and I will come and make home with him with each, with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the Father who sent me. I am telling you these things now while I still am with you. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and he will remind you of everything I have told you. I am leaving with you a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. That third thing is his presence is with us now. His presence is with us right now. Think about that just for a minute. If this morning, if this morning your heart is troubled, if you don't have peace, this is what Jesus said. I am going to be going, to be leaving. But in my absence, my father is sending the Holy Spirit to be the advocate for us. He's going to be there for you. You need clarity. You need understanding. You need wisdom. These are terms that are related to the Holy Spirit. And he says that if you have a relationship with Jesus, then you have the Holy Spirit that is going to be within you that will help you to have, have guidance, to help you have wisdom, to help you have discernment, to help you have clarity. And here's the kicker for me, these two things in here, that he will give you peace in your heart and what? In your what? Mind. That is what he says. Now, let me ask this question. Out of verse 27, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind, peace of heart. And this peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. Can the world give us peace of heart and peace of mind? According to the scripture, it says no. But what do we chase? Listen, September 11th, 9-11, for all of us who remember this, the World Trade Center, I had a great portfolio at that age of my financial condition. And in one morning, my peace of mind and peace of heart as a person who had invested for the long term, feeling like I'm going to live a long time, ageless wonder here, because it was going to take me that long to get that kind of portfolio. But for me, I had put my faith and my understanding in something that was going to help me later on. And that made me feel secure. And in one morning, that went below half of what it was the day before. Which for all you financial people... Half of that means that I don't compound it and triple it and all that good stuff that makes it good for me when I get old and want to retire. One morning. How many of us are putting our faith and our trust in the things of this world? Well, if I could just get this job, if I could just get this girl to marry me, if I could just get this to happen, if I could just get right here, with this, then I would be okay. 
I know, that's, that's one of those amen or oh me's, right? If I could just have this, then, then that would bring me peace. Or if I could just tweak this about my relationship with my marriage, or if I could just get this done with my brothers and sister, then this would happen. If I could just fix this middle child of mine, If we could just get the right coach. Doesn't that make us feel good? Seriously? I've watched y'all when we lose on Saturdays. Hello? I'm, I'm Right? We're a little down. Let's go worship Jesus. Okay, we know. He says his presence is with us. So this morning I ask you this. Look, if... If you say, Jonathan, when I look at that, that peace of mind and heart, I don't, I don't sense it. I don't feel it. I, I worry. I'm concerned. I struggle with this. I, I have that. Let, let me just put it to you this way. I, I think that, that if we're really walking with, with Jesus and our relationship with him is consistent and we're, we're, being, we're being about his business in the sense of spending time with him in the word and, and we have a prayer part of our life and, and, we're, and we're looking at his scripture to see how to guide our life and how, to, how, how God's character is and what his son Jesus lived his life like for us to have that example. When we see that and we're experiencing that on a consistent basis, then I think we make decisions that are like him and his character and who he is. And so the question this morning is if you, you don't have peace of mind and you don't have that peace in your heart, then, then I would suggest that it may be one of two things. One is unconfessed sin. And here's what, what sin is. Sin is agreeing with, 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 with God about something in my life that's not pleasing to him. It's agreeing with him about something that's not pleasing. But I want to take it a little step farther because there's a lot of things that I, I can agree with him about, but I don't want to change. And I notice this a lot in my marriage. There's a lot that, that Elizabeth calls me out on. I got my hand in the cookie jar. You know what I mean? I probably would have never said anything if my hand wouldn't have been caught in the cookie jar. But it is, so then it's like, oh, I, I, I agree with you about that. I shouldn't have done that or said that or did this to the kid or, you know, I probably should have been nicer to the Taco Bell lady, I know. Right? So we get caught and we agree with that situation. Okay, I'm agreeing with you, Lord. Here's the sin. You got it. But, but he, calls us to, he calls us to something greater than that, you guys. Because his son was holy, he expects us to be that way as well. And so there's, a, there's an old word that was used that, that's still relevant today, and, and it's still a needed word today, but we don't talk about it much, is, is I can agree about my sin, but I need to repent of that sin. I need to confess it, repent. And repent really means this, that I am going in this direction, and I'm agreeing with God about my sin. Lord, I see it. I know it. I understand it. I, I got it. But I am not going to sin anymore in that area. And repenting means to confess that and to turn the opposite direction and go 
a different way. Now, I tend to do this. I'm agreeing with the sin. I just don't want to turn and go the other way. Lord, I know you got me, but I just want a little bit more before I really have to turn to you. It's agreeing with and repenting of that sin. And some, for some of us, you, you know what? It means that we might have to get right with other people. Might have to get right with somebody in your own family. Might have to get right with a, with a sibling. Might have, to get, might have to get right between a husband and a wife. You might have to get right with a coach. Or, or, or some of you guys, I, 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 mean, I, you know, I mean, it just happens to be the pastor's deal and y'all think I'm a priest so you confess a lot of things to me. Some of you got to get right with your boss because you're talking bad about them. Some of y'all are just being slanderous to your friends. Girls, you, y'all are cracking me up. Can you believe what she had on today? It's a warm day. What is she doing wearing that? Y'all do it in a nice way. Are we treating each other like Jesus would treat each other? And if you don't have peace in your heart and peace in your mind today, is it because there might be some unconfessed sin that you've not gotten right? Or, or let me take it just a step farther. It might be this. See, a lot of us have a knowledge of God. Because we might have grown up in church and we grew up in the Bible Belt and we heard it all our life. We might have a knowledge of God and we know all about him. We know about Jesus. We know about the Holy Spirit. We know about the disciples. We know about Joseph in the coat of many colors. And we know the Bible stories and we have a knowledge of God. But he doesn't, he doesn't know us because there's not a real relationship. When I was a little kid, um, I had a crush on this lady that was in a girl band. Her name was Susanna Hoff, and, and the band was called the Bangles. It was like, walk like an Egyptian. For all y'all, think, I know I'm a little off on the rhythm. but And then she had these big brown eyes, and she would cut them and look to different directions, which I thought she was looking directly at me. Thank you very much. And so I remember doing this. Thank you. I remember doing this is that I decided to write her a letter. Yes, thank you very much. I was a very secure child, okay? So I wrote her a letter telling her all about my life and, and, and who I was and what I was about and all those kind of things and, and also the things that I admired about her, which were, were all clean and good. All those things that I admired about her and her incredibly great talent of singing, which she just really looked good. I'm not sure how she really sang, but she looked great. Wrote all that with expectation that I would hear back from Susanna Haas from the banks. Never happened. Wasn't devastated. I, I, I bounced back, okay? Here's the deal. At that time, it was before the internet, so there was only a few things that I knew about Susanna Haas, but it was from like People Magazine. The Inquirer was also a very accurate place that you could find out about Susanna Haas. And then, you know, Entertainment Tonight would give some tidbits every now and then. I felt like I knew Susanna Hoffs. Susanna Hoffs did not know Jonathan Beasley. Do y'all get what I'm saying? We can think we know all about Jesus and this, this relationship with him, but does he know you? Does he know you? I knew about her. I could even say stuff about her to my friends. 
But did she know me? And that's our question when we come to this about God's presence right now in your life and in my life. Do we really have his presence that, that we have that peace in our mind and in our heart? That's what he's saying. And here's the fourth thing, and this is what we'll finish on. His second coming. Revelations 19, 11 through 26. Then I saw heaven open, and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named Faithful and True, for he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. His eyes were like flames of fire, and on his head were many crowns. A name was written on him that no one, could, no one understood except himself. He wore a robe dipped in blood. And his title was the word of God. The armies of heaven dressed in the finest of pure white linen followed him on white horses. From his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron rod. He will release the fierce wrath of God, the almighty like juice flowing from a wine press. On his robe at his thigh was written this title, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. When you and I read the book of Revelations, most of the time we have fear because we hear things like God's wrath. But listen what Revelations has. It speaks of heaven and hell. It speaks of a war that will happen. It speaks of the condition of the churches. It speaks of worship. It speaks of God's people. It does speak about his wrath. But it speaks about his second coming. God's son, Jesus, our refuge, our salvation, coming back for all of us who know him. That should not be a fear to us. And yet it is. He says that our hearts shouldn't be troubled. That we should have this peace of mind and peace of heart. And granted, I know that there's things that when we don't understand the Bible, it makes us feel insecure. When we don't understand how to put the dots together, it's frustrating to go, how do we do that? And yet God says, I give you the Holy Spirit. My interpretation of that in the Jonathan Beasley paraphrase is he gives me the Holy Spirit to connect the dots, to help me when I don't understand, to make me and give me the, 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 the depth and, and the relationship of, Lord, I don't understand how, how could you have a, a, a virgin that was giving birth to a child and Joseph still love her, and how does that make sense, and how did you, how did you get out of the tomb? And yet he says he gives me that Holy Spirit to understand those things that I can't understand. And by my faith in him and trusting him that I will see and I will hear and I'll be able to respond and be used by him. 